the Photo Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Grace Costa, a commercial photographer of over two decades, a photo-based artist and a photography mentor. This podcast opens up a secret diary about the world of the photography industry. We'll bring you inspiring interviews with industry professionals, as well as stories and tips to help you propel through your photography journey, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's open the latest diary. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Photo Diaries podcast. I hope you've been well. Today, I want to talk to you about my editing process, the things I consider, how I do it, and how I deliver images to my clients. So firstly, I have always used Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, for my editing process ever since um, when I was employed as the photographer at the Department of Defense, they used Adobe Lightroom. And what's great about it is it helps you create catalogs and an image library. So you can organize your folders, your jobs into folders, and you can also separate things into catalogs if you like to work that way. So when I work with Adobe Lightroom, I basically import the entire job. Now, there are options here on import. You can import the images and have your naming convention attached as the images are imported. So if you want to put gracecosta.com as your file name, and then the file number will um, be attached uh, in sequence, um, you can do that on import. If you don't want to do that, and then you can just number everything that you've edited and finalized, that's fine. Another option on import is you can see everything in a grid fashion, like a proof sheet. And as the images are coming in, you can open them up and see them large individually and just uncheck the box and not import that particular one. So you can do that by checking and unchecking all the images individually as you're flicking through on import. So that means anything that is actually coming through Lightroom are images you want to keep. The third option is importing everything, not naming anything, and just bringing it all in in one go. This means that later on you will have to cull and think about how you are going to manage all the extra files. So the way I do it, I import everything <laughs> because I have found that by ticking and flicking on import is just too time consuming for me. I would rather have everything in there in one go. Once everything's in there and I've given my folder a thoughtful name of the job that I've photographed or um, if it's family photos, whatever it is, um, use a description that is going to help you retrieve the images later on down the track. It's not going to be anything obscure that you're not going to remember what you called that folder when you're looking for the images down the track. So give it a name, give it, um, if you like to give a folder number, you can do that. When I was at Defence, we used to use the year, then the month, then the day. So 2022 underscore 10 October, meaning October, and then underscore 26th of October. That's how we would number the folder. Then we would say 
Governor General's House Launch Event. That's how we would number it. Then your images have come through. You've named your folder. Everything has been downloaded. From there, I go through the, um, the film strip at the bottom in Lightroom, seeing everything large individually, flicking through, and just basically doing a cull, what I call tick and flick, or pick and reject. <laughs> um, and the way to do that in Lightroom is P for pick. It will put a flag on that image that you want to keep. And then X button on your keyboard rejects the photo. So that means when you are in Lightroom, there is a little toggle on the right-hand side at the bottom where you can see only the images you have flagged. That means when you're editing, you can now go in and only focus on the ones that are good and the ones that are worth keeping and the ones you're going to lovingly retouch for your client. The ones that have been rejected later on when you've got time, you can go back and just select all the rejected ones, go control A and just bulk delete them from your hard drive or you can bulk delete them from Lightroom. Lightroom gives you those two options. I like to bulk delete them from my hard drive so that I don't have to go back and do it. And in the past, I have not done this process. I have filled up big storage devices <laughs> of my hard drives and, you know, thought about, oh, well, I just try and cull all the unused pictures and save myself buying another hard drive. But I tried that. It was just way too much work. So I ended up buying another hard drive recently, actually. So from now on, my new process is to start rejecting when I'm doing my cull and then getting rid of those rejected files at the time. Then uh, once I've selected all the best files that I want for my client, I'm going to go in there and craft my retouching and editing individually. Now, we all know that Lightroom does um, batch processing, which is wonderful. So say if there's two or five images that are shot in the same location with the same lighting, you know that you just need to sync all those settings that you've done, that you've re those retouching settings. So you just go control A from the first one to the last one. You use the sync button and then you checkbox all the things you want to sync. So that could be you want to sync the crop, you want to sync the lighting adjustment, the basic exposure, and you want to sync the color temperature. So you do that. If there is uh, specifically portraiture in that shoot, I will do as much retouching as I can in Lightroom using the healing brush and the clone tool and, you know, this specific brush tools that allow me to clean the teeth soften the skin, brighten the eyes, things like that. But if it's something that needs a finer adjustment, like hair removal, um, things like that, I will right-click and then export it to Photoshop. Now, Lightroom has a, the wonderful ability to be able to edit that image in Photoshop and then once you've finished editing it and you close it, it sends it back to your Lightroom catalogue for you to view along with all the other images side by side. That's magic if you ask me. Having that ability is just the best thing since sliced bread. I will only do that if an image needs some extra loving. So I love that ability that Lightroom has. 
Another element you should add when you're doing your editing process is to attach metadata to all your files before you send them out to the client. Many people don't actually know what metadata is. So in its simplest form, it's the data attached to an image about the image. So like, um, you know, every image was taken with this camera. It would mention the lens, focal length, the ISO, the aperture that was used. And that data is just in the file somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> don't ask me the technical things, but it's there. So when you're in Photoshop, go into, I think it's file and there's properties and it shows you the data from each image. And that's actually interesting to know because if you are entering a photography competition, it may have a time restraint when the image needs to have been taken to be eligible for the prize. Um, that data is embedded. So you can't really cheat. It's there. <laughs> um, so anyway, on top of that, uh, the metadata that I add to my images and to my jobs is um, in Lightroom. It allows you um, to have, a, there's a metadata panel description and it allows you to add the copyright, who the copyright belongs to, put your website there, your contact number, your location, as much detail as you want. All the information you want attached to your images. So when your images get uploaded online, anywhere online, basically, it's got your name attached to it and that the copyright belongs to you. So this is really important. And Lightroom allows you to set a template. So for me, um, because I'm a commercial photographer, I have a commercial template where it has all my details on there. And then maybe um, I might have another template with slash preset. I think they're actually called presets. Um, and I might have something that's more casual that doesn't have all the, you know, all the detail. It might be more simplified. So I urge you to start adding that into your editing process. You can bulk do this. So when you've finished um, editing and processing all your files and it's ready to send out to the client, you've sharpened everything, you've made it all look great, you just go into your library module. That's where it is. And you set up your preset, your metadata preset, and then you just hit, hit it on the first image in your job selection and then control A to your last image and then hit sync and it will sync all the metadata. It will bring up a little box that you can check off and it will attach it to everything. Um, apart from that, once everything has been um, edited, and crafted to my specifications, and I know that every image is the best it can look, I will go through again, look at all the best, and just see if there's any more that I can cull out of the collection. Because my objective is to deliver to my client only the best. And my philosophy is less is more. And the reason for that is if you are sharing way too many images to your client, it kind of dilutes the really powerful shots that help tell the story of that event or that situation or that whatever the job was that you shot for your client. It dilutes the impact of the good ones if you've chucked in basically everything just because you're too scared to leave it out. So my advice is to cull as tight as you possibly can and rethink about those images that you think are in there just because they should be. 
um, just because you're worried you can't really make a decision whether that cropping or this cropping is better, tight or further away. Be a bit harder this time and know that you're trying to give only the best. And my supervisor at Defence used to say to me, like he used to make me show him the top 10 of any job. And I think that helped me understand how to choose really tightly only the best of the best because when you're sending a job, um, say, for instance, to external media for publication in the news, you can't send, you know, 200 images. You can't even send 50. So you have to learn to know and discern what is the best of the best that tells the story of this event. So if you can't tell it in 10, can you tell it in 20? So see how you go with that type of editing process. And I think the more you do it, the better you'll get at culling your images and understanding what you need to present to the client and what you don't need to present to the client because they also don't need too many options. I'm not saying they don't need any options. Yes, deliver them with options, but don't send them too many because they won't know how to use them. It'll be too confusing for them. And as I mentioned before, it will dilute the quality of your work, focusing on just the best of the best. So once I've done that and I've culled only the best of the best for my client, I will then control A, so all the flagged ones are highlighted. I will then rename everything with my naming convention, which is usually gracecosta.com and then a number sequence, one to 50. And then oh, I'll make sure I'll sharpen everything, uh, of course. And then um, it's ready to export. For every client, I export two folders because I don't want them coming back to me asking, oh, can you send me the web, web size resolution of this image, of that image? Nobody has time for that anymore. So deliver what you anticipate they are going to need from um, going forward. And they're always going to need print resolution slash high resolution images. And they're always going to need web resolution. Most of the time it's web, but at least if they've got the high res, they don't need to bother you again. So um, web res, I put two folders. I put web, web size, and I will change the color space to sRGB and make that 72 DPI. For the print resolution, um, I will put that in Adobe 1998 RGB color space, and I'll export that at either 240 DPI, no, it's 240 pixels per inch, or... Um, 300 depending so then they've got everything they need and they are going to be really happy also uh, you can do your editing if you're not interested in Lightroom there is Camera Raw and there's many other applications you can use but Camera Raw and uh, Adobe Lightroom are probably the most efficient and effective for um, professional photographers when I export it and share it with my clients I inform them that there is two folders in this transfer link. Please download it. Please make sure you have backed up these images on your cloud storage or your internal storage device for safekeeping. And they know that I will also keep them backed up in my studio for about three months, but I want them to take charge of storing these images safely so that they know that they can access them anytime 
within their workplace. Apart from that, I think that is in a nutshell my editing process. If you want to discuss anything else that I should be thinking about or that you use in your process, um, let me know. Let's discuss it over on Instagram. Simply send me a DM and you can ask me any questions at any time about the conversations we have on the photo diaries. Until next time, my friends, thanks for joining me. That's it for today's episode. If you found it valuable, I invite you to leave a review so more people can find this podcast or simply subscribe to be notified when each new episode drops. Until next time, see you later.